and good morning, New Bern, and happy Friday. Welcome to City Talk with Lee and Sabrina. We are coming live to you on 94.1. WNBU. Yep, and it's WNBU. a great day. And for those of you who are not listening on the radio but want to listen to us live streaming, we are on... Uh, talknewburn.net coming to you live right now like us on facebook at talk newburn follow us on twitter when we tweet tweet <laughs> i've never news, tweeted sabrina the good news neither have i the good news is that you can uh email us at citytalk at talknewburn.net get involved in the conversation today or call us at 252-633-4243 Totally. Happy Friday. It's been a busy week for me. Oh, it's a busy week for Newburn, and I've got to give a major, major shout out to the Marine Corps Aviation Association, who has brought 700 plus strong men and women to Newburn this week. Sound dreamy. For uh, for a You know, military people in our community. Stop. Yes, I'll tell you, there's some <laughs> handsome guys out there. Anyway, we, you know, they have been in our community. They've been around. And um, I want to give a special, special shout out to my really good friends, Ann and Gary Fezzett, who are here uh, visiting with Steve and I. And Gary, right now as we speak, is over at the convention center. He's going to be speaking to the convention this morning. He is um, a pilot with Delta, used to fly the Harrier. A, B, A, V, A, he said A, B, C, and D, but um, was in the Marine Corps many years ago. Hey, dead bug, dead bug. They all know what that is. You know what the dead bug is? All right. But it's been a great weekend. Um, Another shout out to Lieutenant General John Davis, uh, an awesome, awesome guy, three-star general. I got to meet him last night and speak to him for a little while. these, these are the people that are, are running our military. It's so exciting. But, you know, a, a major shout-out to them this week for being here in our community. And Newbert is getting some rave reviews. I mean, they were telling me last night as I was speaking to some of these general, gentlemen, including the general, that they haven't been to Newburn, you know, in 30 years and could not believe how good Newburn looks and how great the community was and had been out and about and walking around. So um, it was really... It was really good, and, uh, you know, it, it's exciting to have them. And, I, again, my friend Ann Pheasant, she's listening to us this morning. Good morning, Ann. Yeah, so it's been great. We, we, were, we met, you know, 30 years ago and worked together. In the you must have been in, 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 in preschool. Yeah, I was. Her and I were in preschool together. So, anyway, uh, shout-out to all the, the people that have been here this week, and it's been great for Newburn. But lots going on in the community. We're going to have some great guests today. You know, today we're going to be joined by Phil Law, who's a candidate for United States Congress District 3, and in our first segment, and then our second segment, we will have Taylor Griffin, who is also a candidate for that same seat. So interesting conversation today. Oh, we give you... Grab that, grab that other mic for just a second. All right, I just got a, I just got someone that said they can't hear Sabrina. Oh, that's that not is, good if you can't hear me. No, because but, she's talking and I'm not. Anyway, it's gonna, it, it is gonna be, it is gonna be a great show, and uh, we're, um, we're, you know, we're gonna have a great day today. For those of you, um, I'm having a little mic problem. Hopefully, you can hear me now. Uh, I just had given a shout out to our, the Marine Corps Aviation Association, who's been here visiting this week. Uh, Ann and Gary Pheasant are my guests, and he is speaking right now at the convention center. Shout out to uh, Lieutenant General uh, 
John Davis, who's also here and doing great things in our community. So, got the uh, thumbs up. They can hear you now. Okay, good. They can hear me. Everything's working really good. But uh, lots of other things going on in the city. When we do our wrap-up, um, we'll be talking about the city budget. I still want to bring attention to what is going on in the city of New Bern and their budget. I think we'd be really remiss if we didn't speak about it. You know, we take a lot of what happens in the city for granted. We sit back. You know, we feel like we can't do anything, but you you must give voice to your concerns. You know, we've got a budget out there, and, and for the most part, I have to say, it's for the boring. most part, well, and it's a good That's budget. I mean, care about it. they do Honestly, what they have to do, the, but, the but I will tell you that I have studied the budget enough in years gone by and looking at this budget that they have ways to put money here and put money there that, that the average eye would not recognize. So it does, and that's it what does I, concern and me. And I always turn to you when we, about the budget. You would focus in. You'd read that whole thing. Um, you'd read that whole thing, and you'd focus in on just what needed to be focused in on. The hiding of the money. The you know, There's this thing now where they apparently the new budget calls for city employees to drive their own cars well, on we'll, work we'll time. We'll talk about that later. But we're, get, we're getting ready to go to break right now, and I appreciate all those listening to us out there. So, everybody, great conversation today. Get that cup of coffee. Stay with us because we're going to be talking Newburn, and we'll be right back. Good morning. Welcome back to City Talk. We're sitting here high atop the Omarks building, looking out that gorgeous plate glass window over a spring day in, in New Bern. The, he the, lies. The, no, he I'm lies. not lying. That's not even true. There's a. This is radio. Haven't you ever listened to Garrison Keeler? He's making up Lake, Lake Wobegon does not even exist. Right. So we can create anything we want. Isn't that right, Phil? It doesn't exist. <laughs> no, Lake Wobegon is not a real place. All right, this morning um, we're here on 94.1 WNBU. If you heard me chomping, that's because I just had a delicious breakfast down at Baker's Kitchen. It was wonderful, and I'm going to be munching it uh, for a little while. But let's can introduce I, our first. I know, but look, can I do a mic test? Hey, if you're out there, um, if you're out there and you can hear me, um, go ahead and text me because we had a little mic trouble. So those of you listening, just, just let me know, and we could... Uh, Make sure you know these mics are omnidirectional. They're omni. That's the word for the day. Okay, they can hear me. I got the thumbs up. Can so we finally get to good. Phil Law? Yeah. He's chomping at the bit over here. Okay, I know. Yeah, let's let's introduce our guest. With today, we have with us um, Phil Law, who is a candidate for the Republican seat for United States Congress, and uh, that is District Three. Good morning, Phil. Good morning. Thank you for uh, allowing me to come on this morning. Well, thank you for being here and. Tell us a little bit about, you know, why? Why would, why would anybody want to run for Congress? <laughs> well, sure, you know, um, as a combat Marine, I fought for a lot of the values that we hold so preciously here in the United States, uh, individual responsibility, freedom. Uh, and I, I tell you, it was like late last year where I'm sitting watching the evening news and seeing what our legislators are doing up there in D.C., and I'm screaming at the TV, but what does that do? It does nothing. It doesn't help us. It doesn't, you know, change anything. And, and I realize the only way to actually do anything and get anything done is to go up there and do it yourself. All right, so here's the deal. Let's, let's, uh, you're 33 years old, and you, 34 years old, 
you were uh, you went to, you were in the Marines. Give us give us your background, the thirty second. Sure, sure. So uh, I actually grew up here in North Carolina Where? in Winston Salem. Okay. So the Marine Corps brought me here to beautiful Eastern North Carolina. I did four years, participate in the invasion of Iraq, peacekeeping uh, in Kosovo and Africa. After four years, being Marine Corps infantry doesn't really transfer very well over to the civilian world. So I had to kind of re- not a lot of killing people in the no, civilian world. No, not 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 a whole lot. <laughs> I don't know. So so I had to kind of recreate myself so I got a degree in uh, information technology and then secured a job with Hewlett Packard and I've been working as a defense contractor for the past 10 years and that brings us pretty much into current today my wife and I uh, have three children that we've raised here in Eastern North Carolina and we care uh, deeply about their future and about uh, what's going to happen with them are, are they going to be limited on their abilities are they going to be able to achieve that American dream that everyone sitting here has been able to do, but with this uh, gloomy outlook and this maybe uh, high tax burden and financial or federal regulations that are going to be upon them, are, are they going to be able to achieve? So, hey, tell me, what, where do you guys live? Not your address, but what where, what city do you live in now? I, I live in Jacksonville. You live in Jacksonville. And, and that's part of District 3. District right 3, what, what is? Well, it's so, uh, we need to talk about sure, that sure. So we can, there's we, a big problem. We, we can talk about it. So... Uh, at the beginning of this year, District 3 actually consisted of 22 counties from the border of Virginia, actually all the way down to Wilmington and pretty much as far west as Greenville. Now, with the, re, uh, with the redrawing that the uh, uh, General Assembly did, it, we actually lost five counties. All of the remainder counties became whole counties because we had a little bit of gerrymandering going on there. Shocking, gerrymandering. Yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, the only county that is actually left partial is Pitt County, which actually lost more territory. So if we look at the map, uh, pretty much 80, 90 percent of Greenville is no longer in the district. So the, the question is, is our, is our congressional district office actually still in the district? One of the questions well, I always get and people ask me, um, and they, just going to put you on the spot. Answer this one. Um, Walter B. Jones, been there, or Walter Jones, been there forever and ever. Unbeatable. Unbeatable. Is he beatable? Uh, I don't think anyone is beatable and never say never. Is unbeatable. Uh, unbeatable, yeah. yes, and never well, say never. Well, and, you know, that would be one of my questions, too, because, you know, uh, the Jones family have held that seat for, well, have been in that realm for many, many years. Of course, his father was the right hand, right. you know, in Democratic politics for unbelievable years. When I first came to North Carolina, the first name my mother-in-law said to me was Walter Jones, which was his, his father. Right. And that, you know, you nothing got done, you know, without working through him. Right, and, and, that, and that's true. Actually, here in eastern North Carolina, we've right. had Walter B. Jones, either right. senior or junior, for almost 50 years. I mean, we complain about having another Clinton, or we complain about having another Bush, but we've had it for 50 years. I mean, that's the definition of a political dynasty. Well, here's one of the things. I'll tell you what, Sabrina, when, when we were in office, um, Congressman Butterfield came down all the time. He did. We, he got no doubt. I, he was the first phone call I, after I got elected in 2009. The first phone call I received as an alderman was from Congressman Butterfield, just congratulating me, say, how do we work together? So kudos to him. You know, well, we're not he, the same He came party, down all the time. He was here prob probably about five or six times while I was mayor, and he brought money to us for the housing authority. He, he, he really did a lot of work in the district. Conversely, and I'm not saying anything bad about uh, Congressman Jones, I didn't see him do anything. I, he never came once to, to the city while we were here. And I really didn't see that he had any effect on my city at all. Um, 
And so I'm wondering what in the heck, what in the heck are all these good things I hear about when I didn't see any impact on my city? What what kind of impact are you going to bring to Eastern Carolina and on my city? And, and I'll tell you what, that's actually not a rare story. I get that a lot where they wonder where is our congressman? And you have to understand where the congressman is actually the lowest uh, elected official uh, in D.C. to the people. He's closest to the people, so we should actually have that intimate connection with them. And that's something that I want to do. Instead of uh, having a single district office there in Greenville, on the very edge of the district, maybe not even in the district anymore, w the congressman needs to be more connected. Uh, we could have more than one district office. We look at the 7th district with David Rouser. He actually has three district offices, and I I've heard very good feedback about that. Um, also, we our congressman should be holding town halls and be keeping us informed of what is going on up there in DC and and actually receive feedback and I don't I just do not see that and I, I've actually got I didn't see it. So is that feedback. some of your motivation for running because you're not seeing that and you feel there's a I, there's a, a void somewhere well, well I, I tell you what my direct motivation uh, would be actually mr. Jones voting record uh, I, I get a lot of feedback where mr. Jones is a great congressman he he does this or he does that he's helped my father things like that but if you look at his actual voting record you would be devastated break uh, it down for us uh, well, well we'll give well, you and, we'll and I do before we get into this I do in a you know a spirit of transparency and respect to the whole thing you know we will offer Congressman Jones absolutely to you come on you definitely and should. come on here so you know I've go never for met it. Phil I've yeah. never met Mr. Law before today and I've never we've Great never had a conversation and I purposefully didn't go out and do a lot of research on right. the candidates because I wanted to sit here as a blank slate right. and right. ask him unbiased questions right so so I'll, I'll give you uh, probably a good three so How's everyone feel about Obamacare? I, I, I think that overpriced and doesn't yep. work. I, I think that <laughs> we are no longer speaking about a theory of how bad it is. We're actually experiencing it. And I wanted to be uh, informative when I spoke about it, so I actually signed up for a marketplace plan, a silver plan. I assumed that everyone could afford, but wow, it is expensive. Uh, the coverage is horrible, and the deductible is astronomical. So, so with that. We, we had the uh, Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act. There were 40 co-sponsors with Charlie Rangel. And, uh, oh, of course, Charlie yeah, Rangel. Yes. He'll vote for anything <laughs> like that. And, and Mr. I met him. And I, I I oh, met really? Him. Okay. Well, he's been there since I was in, in Congress, or oh. since I worked for Congress. Well, well, he was actually a co-sponsor. He's got to be 190. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, it's, it's, it's on the employer side. You're talking about as the user yes. side. On the employer side, it's even worse. And, you know, my concern about uh, the Affordable Care Act is that we should have come down on the insurance companies in the medical field versus the employers because, you know, the cost of health care is the cost of health care. Maybe that needs to be regulated and looked right. at before you put the onus on employers to go out and, and do something like that. Yes, everybody needs... Healthcare, everybody. Yes. It, well, it always comes down on the small businesses. It does. It, it really does. And then the corporations get the exemptions or, or whatever policies. So, so then so he voted for Congressman voted. He he was a co-sponsor. So co-sponsor. So he Jim, actually right. helped, you know, craft this thing. All right. So another one which really is near and dear to my heart. I'm actually a, a service officer uh, with a veteran service organization. Uh, so I help a lot of veterans and. Uh, Late 2014, there was a bill called the Veterans Choice Accountability and uh, Accessibility Act, where it gave veterans a choice card to go to a private facility if their wait time was too long or 
they were too far away from a facility. So there was actually, so in the House, there's 435 members, 435 voted, five actually voted against this. And Mr. Jones was actually one of those five. Very surprisingly, where he has this, this reputation of helping veterans and everything, but he was against veterans' choice. Any reason, any, any understanding of why? Well, well it, it's his normal reason for the multitude of bills that he votes against that it would add to the, to the budget. However, we are giving better health care to illegal immigrants that come into this country where they can go to a hospital, but our heroes that fight for us around the world come back and they're relegated to a third-class system, and I just don't think that's acceptable. But it's going to take more than you. It's more. It's going oh, to take more definitely. than one. And so how, you know, when you get to Congress, that's the problem. You have a strong caucus. You know, they they write the rules. Um, you know, you have to be part of that. And how do you do that and still protect the citizens? That's always been and, my, and that's, my concern. And that's a great question. And I had a lot of people say, oh, well, you're going to go up there and you're just going to be corrupted and you're just going to be part of the group. Well, I, I tell you what, uh, you know, personally, I think anything's better than what we have right now because as a congressman, with 435 individuals, it's not a game of golf. You're not playing by yourself. It's a team sport where you have to convince 20 people sitting around you why voting yes or no is the right answer. And if you can't do that, then, th then you're just not effective. And I'll give you an example why, how Mr. Jones is not effective. Last year, he tried to rename a post office after a deceased federal judge, and he was unable to do that. So we're talking about the most mundane. Sounds a little bit controversial. Very, very, very much so. So procedural. He was unable to do that. Mostly because, uh, because the caucus has put him in a corner. Right. Mostly because of the bad good. choices that he's done. So so what if we actually needed something over here in eastern North Carolina? Could we I count? Know, but that bothers me, Phil. That bothers me. You should be able, and I'm not defending Congressman Jones or whatever, but if he feels strongly about something, and maybe his constituency feels strongly, and he stands up because it's not the same thought process or belief than the caucus mm -hmm. you're put in a corner it shouldn't be that way you fight for the people that put you in office i i, I Period, agree amen you know and, and you're you telling me the people in the people in office didn't want that post office renamed that's but it's 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 not it, what happens is it boils down to what the larger body tells you and that's what bothers me and well, i want people to stand up you know, when you, when, you know, if you are lucky enough to be elected and you have these town halls and your constituents are telling they, you, they want this to happen, don't you feel like you've got to go of up course. there and vote for that? Of course. But what if the caucus the comes in and says, hey, guys, this is the way we're voting? Would you vote? For the caucus or for your I, constituents? I am not going up there with my <laughs> one vote. I'm going up there with almost three-quarters of a million of people a vote. Right. Okay? I represent, you know, when I'm elected, I will represent three-quarters of a million uh, of the population of eastern North Carolina. So I, I, I need not worry about my own uh, you know how I want to vote. I need to be concerned with how eastern North Carolina wants to vote. That is correct. That's now, the way I believe. Yes. And, and the thing is, is I hope when I go up there to actually find like-minded individuals that actually represent their district, and hopefully we can build this coalition together right. and, and bring about representative government. Well, and what I saw when I was up there, and like I said, I worked there from 1987 to 1993 for a guy named Les Aspen, who I had a lot of respect for. A good 90%, just of the folks out there, a good 90% of the people that I saw working in Congress were trying, struggling to do the right thing. Les Aspen, who I adored, worked 90-hour work weeks, and he, he, he worked himself to death. And he really did, and he was a true public servant. 
finding those people and finding uh, you, you know the staffers that you get around you, but finding those people to go out and search for good guys is a tough is a tough thing. When the you know the President Clinton like him don't like him said the biggest problem with Congress right now sleep deprivation and not enough time to do stuff and worrying about and worrying about getting reelected. Well, I mean, what 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 do you see as your term or what do you see as your term if you go up there? Are you looking to be there for life? Are you looking? No, no. So so I. I I had a great job before I started this, and I can return back to it. I have a degree in information technology. I do not want to be a career politician. I have young children that I want to raise and bring up through their life. I, I would like to do six years. Six years would be a, a good amount of time to where I could go get some, uh, get some effective policy uh, pushed forward and hopefully you know, move on to something else and, and, and do something good for the country because I do have that desire to serve. And I've demonstrated that when I did enlist in the Marine Corps. You know, this is my country, and I'm willing to fight for it. And I'll, you, know, you can ask anyone around. They've seen me on the campaign trail of how hard I'm working at this, and, and most people will agree with you that I am a hard worker, and I'm willing to go up there and, and hit the ground running. Well, and Sabrina, getting back to your point, you were saying, you know, do what you're do with the people or do with the caucus. Uh, right now, well, the Democrats can't work it. with the Republicans. Right. Republicans can't right. work with the the Democrats. The whole thing is insane. We have to we have to reach out across the aisle and come to common grounds. Well, even if some of our folks, even if our some of our folks on either side are going, right. we don't I want agree. that. You know, there was there was times when you know consti constituents would come to me with issues, and then I'd ha I'd review those issues. I would you know do my research, do my homework, and then maybe my decision based on the research was different than the constituencies. But then it was my job to educate and inform right, the constituency exactly. why I was in disagreement with what they yes, wanted. and you should be able to explain that right. to them. Right, and yeah. so that, that is sometimes the, the different things. But, you know, what would you say is the number one issue that you're really running on right now, you know, that you want the listening public to know why, you're, why you want this job, and what do you think that number well, one issue is? Well, I is? tell you what, here in eastern North Carolina, we have some of the highest concentrations of veterans. Actually, the VA has accounted for somewhere around 110,000 veterans registered with the VA system here in eastern North Carolina, and that's not even counting all the ones that are not registered, so th it's very important to us. As a veteran who has actually experienced some of the flaws with the VA, I, I want to go up there and hold the VA accountable for some of these atrocities that they're committing to our heroes, such as these wait times that have actually proven to cause deaths. And, and then these high-level VA bureaucratic employees who are invincible and, and cannot be touched, cannot be fired, cannot be disciplined. It, it's time for a change. It's time for us to hold these uh, bureaucrats accountable. And that's what I want to do. Okay, that's and that's a good thing. And you know, my my father is a veteran, a Korean War veteran, and um, you know, he does talk to me. He goes exclusively to VA hospitals in the New York area because he just feels like that's where he wants his care because it is, quote unquote, free care. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it is not, as my sister and I have learned, it is not the best care that he can receive because you know they're running people in and out there why don't we have a system in government that if you are a veteran you could go anywhere why do you have to go to a veterans hospital why can't you go into you know the local hospital and be treated you know in, in some way shape or form that may save when you that would save the country millions and, and trillions of dollars is your, dad, that, let them that, is your dad a legal citizen yeah. that's why he can't go to any hospital and get treatment <laughs> yes. for free 
<laughs> you know, Sabrina, that, that's a great point. And um, unfortunately, our veterans cannot do that right now. And only in a situation of emergency can they go to a private facility unless they're on this Veterans Choice Program, which the actual unions with the Veterans Administration are pushing back on because it, it, it interferes with them because it cuts into their protection, we'll say. Yeah. And, and why? That's a great question. Why can't our heroes, some some of the people who we adore, some of the people who we put high above or, us. So, no, it's very simple. These are the people that allow you and I and, and Lee to sit here today and say what we want to say. They're the people that allow us to, to go anywhere we want and do what we want because we are free, because they shed their blood, because they decided, just like yourself, to get up, put on that uniform, and go to a foreign country to say, hey, guys, you know, you do what you want over here, but you're not messing with America. Exactly. And so that is why they deserve that, for no other reason to right, go let's, anywhere. Let's bring it back down to New Bern. What do you know about New Bern? What are you going to do for the citizens <laughs> here in New Bern? So, so here in eastern North Carolina, um, so, some of the issues that we're having here, uh, with this low unemployment and, and how what high I unemployment or sorry high unemployment um, so, something that I see personally is we're having this overburden of regulations coming down from the federal government I mean one great example here recently is this uh, I don't know what mandate from President Obama that every single school except any transgendered individual inside of a bathroom no matter what they are or what they identify as now now me personally i tried that argument when i was in elementary school and i got paddled <laughs> for it you're sneaking into the girl's bathroom huh? yeah and they said no i said but i identify like that well oh. you know I, I i think it's important that you know we've got about two minutes left here that you know the people listening out there know about you and why they, you know, I assume you're asking for their vote. Yes. Why, uh, so why so, they vote so for you. with this new redraw of the district, we actually have a new election. So, yes, my name is Phil Law. Please go look me up at lawforcongress.com. That's L-A-W, the number four, congress.com. Or give me a call. My phone number's on there if you have any questions. But we'll we, post all this on our What's website, too. So my phone number is 910-238-2417. So please give me a call. I'm right down in Jacksonville. If you see me on the road, I'm on the road all the time. Just stop me. Let's talk. Yeah. One one question about the military. Quickly. Quickly. Um, Lejeune or Lejeune? Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, I, I'm a Lejeune guy. It's always, it's, right. it's, it's always <laughs> Lejeune when I'm there. Uh, I've actually heard uh, where the family who who started this controversy uh, ha, has is an actual disagreement themselves. So. Uh, I was interesting. I blood sweat and tear to Lejeune, not yeah. in any Lejeune. Yeah, I hear you. Like well, y'all anyway, ready, Phil. We are getting ready to go to break. We're going to have more discussion. Taylor Griffin will be on with us after after break. Get a little more coffee, everybody. It's a great day in New Bern, and we'll be right back. Right, we're back. We are back, and welcome, everybody, back to City Talk Live. WMBU. Second, I didn't get there yet. Live with Lee and Sabrina on 94.1. WNBU. Oh, my God, y'all. Do you believe what I have to put up with every Friday? Can I say we, one more thing? We are, li- we are live streaming, as you know, on talknewburn.net. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and get involved in today's conversation by emailing us citytalk at talknewburn.net, or you can call in at 252-633-4243. And before we... Um, Meet our next guest here. Who, I Taylor just, Griffin? Yes. And um, I do, knew, do need to give a shout out to Scott Dacey today. Scott Dacey, who we know is the uh, 
County Commissioner. He is going to be have a community listening session today at the Trent Woods, the new Trent Woods Town Hall from 4 to 5 p.m. And what he's going to be talking about is the pending county budget and um, the possibility of having to raise property tax to do everything that they need to do in that budget. So, you know, again, Lee and I talked a little bit about the city budget earlier. It's important that citizens get involved. If you have questions, instead of sitting talking to your neighbor, you know, go to a go to a meeting like this, reach out to Commissioner Dacey and get the facts so you can make informed decisions. You know, government is about making informed decisions. So everybody today from 4 to 5 at the new uh, Trent Woods Town Hall, uh, Commissioner Dacey will be there. So let's welcome our guest, Lee. Good morning. Who's our guest? Taylor Griffin. That's me. Yes. There you go. Speak. You got to eat that mic uh, yeah. so everybody can oh, I'll eat the mic. Yes. All right. Uh, hey, here's the question. Congress, most hated institution in America, be <laughs> behind lawyers, and uh, behind cockroaches. cockroaches, behind cockroaches, true fact, behind cockroaches, I traffic jams. <laughs> I was like, so what in the world? Why would you be running headlights? This thing? Headlights are more popular Ooh, in Congress. Too close no to home. joke. Too close to home. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. I've, there's a real survey. Really? Oh, yeah. All right. Go to. Survey. I'll show it to you after the show. Perfect. Now you are running for this job. Why? Um, I'm running for this job because uh, I think we can all agree this country isn't in really good shape right now. Our, our, our politicians in Washington have not been serving us well. I've got some ideas about why that is, and I think that career politics has corrupted this country. I think we have people that go to Washington, and they look at that as a career and a job. I think our founders thought of your congressional representative as sort of like being drawn for jury duty. Yeah. You should go sure. there for a few years. You should be very plugged into the community, and you should represent the people. That's the title of the job, and I think that's not happening anymore. And I think the best way to fix that, because all the districts are gerrymandered, is that we need good, strong primary challenges. We need to take primaries seriously as we do general elections. And if we do that, then we'll hold politicians accountable. Our democracy will work, and our country will get back on the right track. Term limits. Term absolutely. limits, campaign finance reform. Your thoughts? Uh, term limits, absolutely, absolutely. Um, we for a uh, congressman. Yes, and a senator. I've signed a pledge to uh, co-sponsor a constitutional amendment for three terms from the House, two for the Senate. And our founders honestly didn't want people spending their whole lives in Washington. They well, just thought, fair, why would somebody go to this mosquito-infested swamp for <laughs> any longer than they had to? <laughs> well, to be fair, people only lived to be 30 back then. Yeah. <laughs> the term limits were kind of naturally ordained. Hey, the other question we asked, uh, we asked uh, Phil when he was on here, uh, Congressman Jones, a lot of people say unbeatable. What do you say? Well, I say look at the results of 2014 Republican primary when I ran against Congressman Jones. We won Craven County by 13%. Um, we won Carteret County by 10%, and we, won, and we only came short in the election by 2,000 votes. We won nine counties in the district. And so I think that it, it, it showed that people are ready to change. And I think I didn't have enough time to introduce myself to enough people, to introduce myself to enough voters, to knock on enough doors. And I think that if uh, this time I've had that opportunity after uh, three years of campaigning, and I think we'll be in uh, very good shape to win on June 7th and start representing the people here in East North Carolina in Congress again. All right. The other thing is your congressional district is really um, spread out for you know, hundreds and hundreds of miles. 
how do you pick an issue that you think is representative of your of your district and what is that issue and what are you running on what's your platform well there's not just one issue of course in a district this large actually fun fact the third congressional district is as large as connecticut and rhode island combined what well i mean the pamela coast sounds a lot of it but it's it's a very large congressional district and uh, but i think that in eastern north carolina i think military and veterans issues are 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 paramount um here in newburn uh, Cherry Point and the future of Cherry Point is really essential to us here Absolutely. in Craven County. And, and that's one area where I'm very concerned about our current congressman and how we're represented. You know, uh, love or hate Congressman Jones, we can all agree, I think, even people who support him, that he's not very effective. And we've got a big change coming at Cherry Point as we make the transition to the F-35 and, and the uh, existing fixed-wing platforms, most of them that we're operating over there, the AA, the, the um, E-6B, the, um, you know, the electronic warfare aircraft, are all being retired over the next decade or so and they're to be replaced by the F-35. We have about $1.7 billion of construction to do out there. We've got to build new hangars to accommodate the new aircraft and, and, and all of this stuff. And we need a really strong representative for Eastern North Carolina to get that done. I think I have the experience. I worked for Senator Jesse Helms. I worked for President Bush in the White House and at the Treasury Department uh, to be able to accomplish that for Eastern North Carolina. And, and that's really why I'm offering myself. And look, the way I look at it, the way I look at it, when I was in office, I was saying this earlier, uh, Congressman Butterfield came down. He was a hands-on congressman. He came mm-hmm. down at least four or five times. We had a good working relationship with him. Walter Jones did not come down here once, nor did he call or introduce himself. You know, the up in Washington, it's, you know, I've worked up there, you worked up there, 30,000-foot view of the world. As a mayor, as a board of aldermen, running a city with, with concerns such as uh, jobs, 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 and money to get jobs, job creation, um, what would you do for, for the folks in Uber? Well, I think when you talk about jobs and job creation, you talk about con- creating the conditions for job creation. That is, that is what our, our job as, as, as a government is. We don't create jobs as a government. We create the conditions to generate jobs. Now, of course, with the military, that's a little different because that's our largest employer here. But um, $1.9 billion, isn't that what it, they bring in annually? Incredible. Cherry Point? Yeah. I mean, if Cherry Point ever closed, the impact to this area, it's not we closed. would not 2. be able to 3 billion, recover. I think. $2.3 billion in economic activity, 17,000 jobs that Cherry Point supports. All right, good. Um, but what, one of the things that's going to be very important to us, I think, is, uh, is, is road infrastructure. And a lot of this is a state issue, but there's also a federal part of it as well. And um, Highway 70 uh, is not complete to the level that it needs to be. It needs to be four lane from here to the por- from uh, all the way to the port in Moorhead. And that's important because we have a really good port that we could be moving goods and services in and out of. That would attract manufacturing jobs. That would attract um, a a lot of economic activity here. But we don't have good infrastructure to access it. Oh, how do you feel, too, about, you know, I'm I'm more concerned with uh, Highway 17. That's been, you know, 50 (coughs) years in the making. That's the second one. And, you know, that... That four-laning from Virginia to South Carolina, you know, it is killing us not getting it done because that's a lifeline to eastern North Carolina, especially in northeastern North Carolina. And it's important that we complete that road. I mean, it is just 
and that's the second wagon for way too long. I and I'm worried that 70 is going to get done before 17. And I understand we got to get to the port, but man, we got to get 17 fixed. It's well, been, I, it's I, dangerous. I don't think it's an either or. I think it's a both. Both, both of these things have got awesome. to be done. So the the coastal corridor for Highway 17 has been in the works for how long have we been talking about this, Sabrina? Oh 20 years, yeah. 30 years, oh, more? more no, that. 50 years, yeah. maybe. I'm, I'm but I, I mean, and, and you know, I went to Appalachian State University, and when the decisions were made about funding for 17, they decided to do 421 up to Boone. Right. Rather than do 17. And I think that's an indication of the fact that Eastern North Carolina has really lacked an effective representative in a long time. That's true. We've been the redheaded stepchild that's right. for a long time. Oh, it, speaking this of state is run there in the corner. <laughs> yeah. Hey, buddy. But this the state is run. The redheaded stepchild. This, <laughs> you all know this as civic leaders here. This state is run west of I-95. And, uh, you know, I'm a native of eastern North Carolina. I was, I was, I was raised east of I-95, and I, I, I spent most of my life east of I-95. And we have got to have an effective representative that looks at it from a region-wide basis. How does the transportation infrastructure work together? How does what they're doing at the, Glo at the Global Trans Park and, and, um, and uh, Spirit Aero Systems, which is building the midsection fuselage from the A360, how does that work with what we're going to be doing at Fleet Readiness Center East and the lift fan facility for the F-35? Yeah, you I, know, how do we make that work together? So maybe we can develop an aviation industry. You know, they're going to have to be all sorts of contractors to support the F-35. How can we make that work together with a growing aerospace let industry? Me, let me ask you even a more basic question because I'm, I'm not that smart. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to ask you. There's um, a lot of people that would agree with oh, you. Oh, of course. Nicole, <laughs> everybody. My dog just beat me at Trivial Pursuit. <laughs> he boned up on the subject. Uh, <laughs> Congress, you're, it's ineffective. Nothing gets done there. You have great ideas. Nothing gets done there. People, it's at a deadlock. Republicans won't work with Democrats, conservatives, liberals. You hear all these things. What can you do? What's your approach to getting things done um, up there in, in, in this atmosphere of just we're just not doing anything because we don't agree with your political views on whatever. How are you going to get something done up there? Well, I, I, I worked for Senator Helms. I mentioned that earlier. Yep. And Senator Helms, whether you agree with his politics or not, which, Lee, you probably don't, but I think everyone will agree that we have had few more effective representatives from eastern North Carolina. And, and, and the secret to Senator Helms, I think, is, one, that you take care of the people that elected you first, recognize what your job is, is to represent the constituency that you that you're elected to represent but second stay true to your principles because actually people don't you know i'm a i'm a small government uh, fiscal conservative and and there may be things you and i might disagree with uh, on on those issues but you can recognize that you know this is these are deep held principles that i was elected to represent you don't get mad at me when i don't agree with you when they violate those principles if you hold fast to those principles and uh, you know People, Senator Helms was actually one of the more popular guys in the Senate, even though the media, you know, made him out to be this guy that was, you know, this terrible, awful person. But he was very popular in the Senate. And, and, and the third thing is you worry about putting those principles into action. Now, and, and, and you don't worry about the party. You know, I'm a small government fiscal conservative. So am I, by the way. That's why I'm a Republican. And 
not, I'm not a Republican because I believe those things. And you have to recognize the difference. So I'm happy to work with Democrats. And, and one example is when we did one thing I worked on with Senator Helms was UN reform. We were paying way too much from the U.S. to the U.N., and it was a corrupt organization. We needed to get it reformed. Under a Democratic president, Senator Helms got Joe Biden to co-sponsor legislation to do those reforms that, you know, a lot of people, a lot of liberals, they hated, you know, all the UN's great and wonderful. We shouldn't mess with it. And uh, Bill Clinton signed it into law. And, and, and so it can be done. But you think there, you think you there's have hope. to hold fast to your principles, but you also have to be willing to work with the other side and be an honest. You, you think there is hope for, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about a democracy was never meant to be efficient. We got, I gotcha. Yeah. But I don't think it was meant to be a detriment. And what, what we, what I see is what I see is just when nothing gets done to the point of a standstill, the Congress and the Senate, that whole institution becomes a detriment with all that fighting. Is there hope that with young people coming in like you, like, you know, you or uh, Phil Law, young people coming in with this attitude of we can make this place better. Do you think we can make Congress better? Uh, that that is the hope. And that is why I'm running. It's exactly why I'm running, because that's the answer to the question. It's, it's, you know, as I said when we started this interview, it's career politics. It's people who look at that political longevity in Washington as a higher priority than serving the country and serving the people they were elected to represent. And I, and, and, and I think they tell themselves, you know, if I can just get elected one more time, then I can do the good things. And you have to go up there and just do the good things and let the chips fall where they may on the election. I couldn't agree more. I mean, that happens even here locally. You know, people say, just give me one more term and we'll get it done. And, and then we'll No. Get it. And yeah. I mean, yeah. I went in. I went in like it was the last two minutes of a basketball game, that, and I didn't care about getting reelected, and that's why right. I didn't run again. The last two minutes of a basketball game are the only two minutes that counts. Count. <laughs> that's right. That's, Unless, of course, true. you're thinking about the next game, and I'll be too tired to play the next game. Right. Uh, um, that's the way I like someone going in. What's what's what? What are you going to do? You, you get elected. First thing you're going to do. Well, the first thing I'm going to do is uh, make sure that I get the committee assignments we need for Eastern North Carolina. One, I, I think, you know, my top Armed services. Yeah, it's got to be armed services, and I think that's a given. Um, but, you know, there are other things that we need here. I'd like to, you know, we don't have a good representative for the Southeast on the fisheries subcommittee. And I know it's not an issue that everyone is interested in, but we've got a lot of people on the coast who make their living with fishing. Absolutely, it's a, important do. for our tourism industry. We should maybe have, and the regulations are really bad. We are really getting killed in North Carolina right now because of that. And I, I think that that's going to be something important. So one, to get myself into a position to help. And, and, and then two, start looking, I think we start, we start to work on Cherry Point. I think that that is something that's gonna, that it's gonna require, is project number one for whoever represents Eastern North Carolina, which I hope to be me. Well, and, and talk to me a little bit too, you know, um, you're obviously out there with a lot of commercials. I see them all the time everywhere. You've really been well-placed because I see them. And um, I, I read about it or heard about a little bit of controversy with some of the information on there. Is You know, you want to react to that? Or, uh, you know, I know you're talking about veterans. My dad's a veteran. You're talking about that, you know, they've been pushed aside and that they're not yeah. getting the care that they need. You want to speak to that? Well, I think the, the, the controversy is, and I'm happy to speak to it, is uh, we have an ad out um, on an issue that was brought to me by veterans, which is a 2014 reform that allowed veterans who were uh, who were unable to get care in a timely manner to go see a private doctor, and, and, and among other things. But Congressman Jones voted against that. And my criticism of him is that he, uh, that he I 
feel like he broke his promise to veterans because he has been a guy who's run on, you know, I'm the guy that's going to support veterans. But when the rubber hit the road on that reform, which which did pass, created the Veterans Choice Act, and I, I'm not saying that that bill has been implemented perfectly by the VA. But um, it's it, it, but but you know pe people have criticized me for criticizing him for that. I think it's important to understand the difference. Look, I'm going to get it done for the veterans, whatever it takes. And I think Congressman Jones has been not he's he's he, I don't say he doesn't like veterans, but he hasn't voted the right. Maybe way. he's well, just tired well, after having been there for so long, and we need some well, new and blood. You know, I, I, I mentioned this to your opponent the, uh, earlier when Phil Law was here. Is that you know. Doesn't it make common sense and isn't it easier for just our veterans to be able to go wherever to get their care that they shouldn't have to go to a VA? And, or and, and like I think that, that that's a great, I think the answer is yes, that's what he's going to yes. say. Number two, tell us where on the radio we can find you. Where's your, what's your website? What's your yeah. phone number? Um, uh, website is taylorgriffin.org. You can find us on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter at, at um, tgriffinnc. And I'd love to talk to you. I answer e every email and take awesome. every phone call. org. Yeah, taylorgriffin.org is your website. We're going to post all of this information on our website as well. That's at talknewburn.net. And we're getting ready to go to break. Lee and I will come back. I want more we'll time with these in. guys. I know. Well, they can come back anytime. But the election is June the 7th, so just be ready to go. And we're going to be right back. And we're back on <laughs> WMBU 94.1. Lee and Sabrina, great show today. I awesome give a, show today. I give, awesome show today. I wish we had more time. Th I'd like to thank Henry Hinton for allowing us the opportunity to bring these guests on. Very important. Also, during the break, we got a text from my good friend Marshall Adami, who ran as a, as a Democrat against Walter Jones last time. He's supporting a gentleman named David Hurst. And, you know, I don't know too much about yeah. David Hurst, but Marshall, you're out there. Um you know how to contact me. We'll get David Hurst on there. We'll hear his uh, his point of view. You know, re regardless of what they say about us, Lee, we're willing to present all sides. We may, we may not agree with those sides. We, you know, whatever. And here I go. Here's my weekly shout out to City Hall. You know, Mayor, Board of Aldermen, City Department heads, come on, give us your side of story. If we are wrong, if you want to, you know, debate the issues, let's do it. This is healthy. Not only for our city, but for our country. It's good when everybody is in the process. So, um, you know, one of the things. You know, one of the things that I, uh, we didn't have time to ask, but I would love to ask a candidate. And Nicole and I have been talking about this. This is the most powerful country that ever existed. Right. We have the most powerful military. We are the leader of the free world. The free world looks to us to find out what to do. And the two questions that, that we all have to answer as politicians, the two questions on a national level before you can lead the free world is what a woman does with her reproductive rights and what a man does with his junk. I think that is, I just think it's, it's we got to get beyond that as a, as a, as a country. Leading the free world. There's somebody over in India right now going, I don't care where you are going to the bathroom. We are hungry. I don't care what you do with your peepees and woos. It's a stupid thing. We need leadership. And I'm tired. I'm tired of politics ever since I was uh, I was born. I liked what both of these candidates said. It's about, it's about fiscal realities. It's about actual things that affect people's lives. Small government. Um, what do we do? What do we do with our hard-earned tax dollars? I'm sick and tired of everybody jumping on the reproductive organs of men and women as a as a reason to vote or not vote for them. Who cares? 
You know, God will sort that out, Sabrina. Yeah, okay, the person who just called on our line, 252-633-4243, sorry, we disconnected you, so call back, and we'll try to get you on the air before we go off. Uh, We appreciate all our listeners today. It's been a great show. Um, It's good to hear all sides of the fact. I do want to make sure that we remind everybody, Scott Dacey, Commissioner Scott Dacey, is having a listening session. Hey, Scott. Trent Woods Town Hall today, 4 to 5, and there's our caller. Just... um, Hey, Bill Joyner, I just want to encourage everybody to come out on the 7th and vote. Trent Woods always has a good turnout, but I'm afraid that because only the uh, congressmen are running this time that the vote is going to be short. So I would just encourage everybody to come out and vote, especially the people in Trent Woods. Well, that's a great point. Thank you, Bill Joyner, our good friend over there in Trent Woods. It's, it is really important to get out and vote. June 7th Thanks, is Bill. the primary, and get out there, vote. What, what, June 7th? June 7th, yes, because it's a special election because of the redistricting. So June I'll tell you 7th, what. and we'll I'll remind everybody. I'll tell you what. I've never met either one of those two guys this morning, um, and I, I, I have to digest what they did. But my God, they are two more, you know, the two more qualified, incredible guys who actually are taking time away from their families to go do this. I believe both of them love their country, and I believe both of them uh, had valid points. And get out there. What I do believe also is Walter Jones never did anything for Newbern while I was mayor. He didn't come here. He didn't call. He didn't write. He didn't tweet. He didn't text. Okay, and that's fine. He'll have an opportunity. And again, come on, know, Walter. I want to thank you come Marshall. On show. Marshall disagrees with some things that uh, uh, you know Taylor espouses, and that's great, Marshall. You know, come on, call us, talk to us, bring your candidate on. We want to hear all sides. We want to debate the issues. That's again what it's all about. But you know, lots going on in the city of New Bern. We're going to continue to stay on it. I'm going to continue to stay on the budget. Call me, stop me, text me if you want to um, talk Twitter. about the city budget. I'm happy to do that. And you know, maybe. One day we'll get City Hall on here talking about it too. But my last shout out to all my friends. To uh, anybody you haven't shouted out that's to. That's right. Marine Corps Aviation Association, Ann and Gary Pheasan, thanks for visiting with us this weekend. And a big hoorah to our Marines. Hoorah, Gunny Mike. Everybody in Newburn, I hope everybody has an awesome weekend. It's been a great day. And Lee and I will see you on the sidewalks. See Have a great day, sidewalks. everybody.